0: Uh, what well, he's a he's a baby Arsenal fan, so he's kind of like he's he's a baby T Rex. At some point, it, he'll be insufferable and dangerous, but right now he's just adorable.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. And he's starting so um, <laughs> his first taste of uh, English football yeah. uh, with uh, with um, uh, them losing the city, um, <laughs> those fucking cheaters, <laughs> and then having to deal with that. So that's a fun it's a fun experience for him. Is this your uh, your brother Josh? Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so he's a baby Gunnerosaurus. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. Even though they they uh, retired that mascot several years ago and no longer have it, which is which really is the the tragedy. That's the real tragedy of Arsenal is that Gunnerosaurus is no longer the mascot because it was very nice. Although I'm, I'm sure there are several fans who are perfectly fine with that.
2: You know what's you know what's great though. Is uh you know we talk about the, our, our internet our uh, tech overlords is the fact that uh, Arsenal fan TV is now on TikTok. So instead of having to watch the full YouTube video, I just get little 30 second clips just to wet my appetite. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute.
0: But um, if you I I I am technically I, t- I took another test this morning just to see because. We're we're in a house with someone who doesn't need to catch it. Christina's mom, so we're we're trying to be very safe. But I'm waiting for the moment that I have a negative test so that I can move about the house a little bit more easily. And it's still positive. You it tested negative. No, you could test. Apparently, yeah, apparently, you could test positive several weeks after getting it.
1: It's like it negative the, in the sense that it was positive. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Yes. Um. So yeah. So still, I'm I'm still testing positive. Although I feel perfectly fine, and I have not had a fever well, for mostly a week, and I'm pretty much all cleared up. There's a little bit of 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 crap still in there, but um, but yeah. So that sucked. That was not yeah. fun. I did not enjoy. Uh, enjoy that at all I mean not that I thought that I would but I don't know it also was kind of shitty that after this whole entire time I went through the entire 2020 didn't catch it 2021 perfectly fine got the shot you know felt bad for half a day like you do with the shot did fine there got the booster did fine there you know was going out, went through this whole thing where everybody was saying the pandemic's over, even though it really wasn't over. Still didn't catch it, and then right here at the end, I finally succumbed to the COVID. It just—it was sort of like was—it it was annoying. Like I, I wish I—if I, if, if I had caught it, I was going to go through this. I wish I would have at least done it at like you know a trendy time. This is just so yeah. not a trendy time to get COVID. This is that's you, so that's so twenty twenty one.
1: at Some point though. Like it's it's everyone's gonna get it at some point. I I mean, it's s- just
0: it's like the flu. I just assumed that I had got it and then okay was asymptomatic and never and had not and and just never knew that I had it. That was my assumption because sure. I never I'd never tested positive or anything like that. I just assumed that I had never that I was just gonna you know had caught it but just hadn't didn't show symptoms. So I thought I was in the clear.
2: Yeah. Uh, two thoughts, Caleb. First thought, uh, I believe it's now official. Adam has been replaced with a clone. Um, oh, the, okay. the, the first sign was him con- the first sign was him converting to a West Ham fan. Uh, the second okay. sign is his uh, catching of COVID uh, two years after the the the, 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 the hoax. Um, okay. So this is this is fake Adam now, and uh, secondly, oh. um, fake Adam sounds a lot like Cartman. In the episode of South Park where uh, he caught AIDS, and everyone told him AIDS was really an '80s disease. You know, cancer is more the hot thing right now. <laughs> With his, uh, I caught COVID. I caught COVID at a non-trendy
1: time. Yes. Well, he's not wrong.
0: I didn't realize that was a South Park joke. Otherwise, I wouldn't have stolen it. Sorry, everybody. My, my back.
1: Been back. I mean, I. It's been a I while am I d it
0: talking. has been a while. I decided so to
1: talk soccer. I know.
0: I was oh, I think this is uh Caleb's way of telling us we should move on. Um no but I I mean yeah the, the the reason for us being out was sort of a combination of ice apocalypse, um being in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and then COVID. It's just sort of all happened at once. Um but uh, but as you can hear we are back now and uh, what a time to be back Champions League is going on uh, as Jordan mentioned uh, a little bit earlier um, and the top two teams in the Premier League have decided to meet finally uh, like you do at, in the middle of, of February um, and so yeah it's all it's all kind of kind of kicking off and that's so that's where, we'll, where we will start Um with Arsenal 1, Manchester City 3. This one happened today, a little bit earlier. Uh, so, I mean, I, I got to catch all of this. I know, Jordan, you've been dealing with some internet issues, and I, but uh, Caleb, I know you saw the highlights. But this, to me, was just sort of like, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's over by any means. Obviously, we have a title race on our hands now. But to me, this, this was a sign of, all right, well, look, Arsenal, if you want to be champions... If you want to claim that, if you want to be top of the table, if you want to be doing these sorts of things that are brand new for you and you haven't you haven't felt this in a couple of years, you're going to have to pass these tests. And today they didn't pass it.
1: Yeah, it's um they've been on a pretty terrible run of form. If you go go back, I mean they they lost to the City in the FA Cup, um, they lost to Everton, which yikes. <laughs> um, New manager, bump. New
0: manager bump time
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll give them that. Um, <laughs> they drew Brentford. Not that Brentford's a bad team, but if you're number one, you, you, you want to be beating the likes of Brentford. And then you have this loss. And, you know, I, I I thought Arsenal was maybe a season away from being, you know, the top team or one of the top teams because of their youth. And, you know, they've had a lot of, um, a lot of players step up impressively this year. Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli. But I think you can tell just by looking at this match, how much they miss um, Gabriel um, uh experience and his goal scoring. Cause they got shots on, they got shots on, they, they shot the ball, but um, they didn't, they only had one on target. And mm. for when you look at this, this match, you see how much they dominated possession and shots, particularly in the first 60 minutes um, to come away with that with just one goal, obviously isn't going to work. So um, you know, I think Arsenal, like you said, it's not over. But if Arsenal is going to turn this thing around, I, I think they definitely need, um, you know, Jesus to to get back and get healthy as quickly as possible.
0: There was, I think, maybe some signs of of youth, tactically as well, maybe from Mikel Arteta, because when it was, I think it had just it had either gone just gone two one or it was one one. But Pep brought on uh, a Kanji. And sort of went from his sort of strange three-two-two-two-one, whatever formation that is, um, with the three center backs that can also be wing backs, but also the central midfielders are wing backs or, or, or whatever that is. Then um, they basically changed from that to like a more conventional, you know, four at the back, two in the or three in the midfield, and three in attack. And immediately, it was Arsenal. Were like, "Oh no, this is this is different," and like, and it just looked so different for City. And they, I, I think that's kind of how they they got those goals late. Is the tactical change just threw them for a loop, and suddenly City were on top, three one. Um, yeah, I mean their goal scoring has has really dried up. I mean that front three, um, you know, with Martinelli and with Saka. And you know, even Eddie Nketi has had some moments this season, but they they're just not getting the goals. they it's it's just not happening for them on the other end. They've got some really good midfield play, and even defensively, I thought they looked decent today up until the end. But the fact that they they can't put it in at the other at the other end, um, it's I think that's really hurting them right now. Um, Jordan, I guess I I know you haven't quite had a chance to watch much or all of this yet. But what do you make of this this sort of slide by Arsenal? Is it a a sign of youth should we have seen this coming? Is it temporary? I mean, the title race is still on. But right now it just it sort of looks like everybody sees Arsenal in this title race except for Arsenal.
2: I I I do think it is uh the lack of uh experience among like the entirety of the Arsenal squad and also I think it is the um it's a lack of uh, incoming transfers during the January transfer window. I kind of feel like Newcastle United actually has the same problem is that you have a decent core. However, what truly separates like the, the title winning teams is the ability to add players and bring players in at key moments and, you know, change the, you know, change the energy of the squad, you know, whether it needs to, you know, you know, calm down, or, you know, up the intensity, you know, you need, you need to, you know, keep things fresh, you know, challenge your players. And I kind of feel like Arsenal uh, is, you know, stuck in a little bit of a, a little bit of a rut, now, rut, uh, rut right now. Um, and does it, uh, I just got a question. Does it require like the, uh, the city group, Uh, to be under, like, you know, financial fair play charges for them to actually, like, oh, okay, now it's time for us to challenge for the title. Because it just seems like they've kind of stuck their middle fingers up in the air and just, you know, turned it up a notch, you know? They're playing with a level of, uh, and I'll I'll talk about the Aston Villa game, too. um, When that Ollie Watkins goal went in, you know, you, you saw there was like just a switch with the city team, and they just like okay, now we're done playing around. And I kind of feel like they've kind of been doing that this season for a little. You know, for the for the most part, kind of playing with their food a little bit. Is uh, you know, is this the time of the year where Pep uh, and you know the experience they have in that squad, uh, you know, De Bruyne, uh, Gundawan, um, do they just turn it on and? frankly you know are the team to be
1: well i don't i don't think it's even necessarily i mean their experience obviously plays a role but to me a big thing this time of year for city one of the advantages they have one of the significant advantages they have is their depth i mean all you have to do is look at this game i mean you have arsenal who's been the front runner in the premier league for months now um you look at their the comparative benches i mean even in this game, I mean, Pep was able to bring, he could have, he did bring on many of these players, but he had Calvin Phillips, America Laporte, Julian Alvarez, Phil Foden, Rico Lewis. There's no other team in the Premier League that comes in where close to that kind of depth other than, you know, maybe Liverpool if they're completely healthy, which is a very rare thing. So, um, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Chelsea's depth is, is playing overseas and other places. Um, so to me, like we're fine. We're at the point of the season where city can really lean into their really impressive depth. And to your point, Jordan, some of these other teams, Newcastle, Arsenal, didn't quite load up maybe as much as they needed to. Um, and so it's going to be a dog fight because, um, you know, man city is going to be able to, to any losses they have through injury or other things, they're going to be able to really overcome that fairly in a fairly straightforward way. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but, uh, uh, I, I I don't – this does not bode well for Arsenal and the rest of the league, obviously. Um, I think their only hope is that uh, City uh, gets uh, kicked out of the Premier League or something in the next uh, <laughs> six months because this, this looks like uh, City's definitely on the rise. We'll talk about that
0: uh, in a minute. But, um, you know, Jordan, you mentioned Arsenal in, in the transfer market. I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there because they brought in Leandro Trossard who was – apparently had a wantaway moment at Brighton, and, and so he got in. But they also got Jorginho from Chelsea, who played in this game, and I thought was one of the better players. I mean, he he's one of those who he can he can serve you in stopping an attack and then just immediately starting one. And, and I saw him do that a couple of times uh, in this one. Um, but I, I tell you who really disappointed me in this one for Arsenal was Granit Xhaka. He just seemed so indecisive in key moments. There was a moment where he was in on goal and they were, they were, they had this sort of thing working. I think it was actually right after city had taken the lead. And it was a very similar situation where the ball went out wide. Then it came back inside and he had a couple of players to his left that he could have passed to, but he he decides that he's going to shoot. And at the last minute, I can't remember if it was Ake or Diaz or somebody, they, they sort of slide in there and he hesitates and he freezes, and, and they tackle the ball away, and now they're going the other direction. And it's just so uncharacteristic of him or any Arsenal player this season. They just looked so disconnected at times during this game. Um, and 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 I didn't see all the Brentford match, possibly even against Brentford, um, although they were a bit unfortunate in that one in that VAR had some, uh, let's just say, interesting moments this weekend. Um and yeah, I mean, this is—I I think you're right. I think this is this is the moment where City's depth is gonna is gonna really count. And also, I think that they are getting to a point now where they can play Pep's game with Holland up top, which I think has been a, a really difficult thing for them to do this season. You have a team that's made to pass the ball around, and this sort of using a phrase that Jordan uses a, a lot to describe it—very, very. very wonderfully which is death by a thousand cuts sort of system and then you bring in a guy who he just goes that's that's his goal He he's direct he goes to the goal he gets the ball he scores that's what you want and the one thing that you have to do in this pep team is pass and erling holland is not very good at that well i thought he was pretty decent at that today but they're finally re- realizing look we don't have we don't need to have this guy pass we can just pass the ball into him and he can make things happen um and he he did that a lot today um
1: I'll tell you, it's a rough day at the office when Jack Grealish scores. I just said that was the. <laughs> he had a good Especially on that week. It, it was such a weak little fucking strike and it bounced off someone and then he acted like he'd won. Yeah. yeah uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then he acted like he, you know, like that goal won, you know, the Champions League for him. I mean, he raced out screaming his head off. And you're like, <laughs> dude, like what an insufferable <laughs> asshole. So, you know, it you, you when he scored it was like, alright, well this this is not Arsenal's day. This is gonna be bad. Um
0: yeah, Tommy also you had a bad game. Uh Jacques, as I mentioned, had a bad game. Maybe that's the only silver lining here is that for Arsenal they just they weren't they weren't perfect today, and you have to be perfect when you're playing City, otherwise you will get beat. And they were not. They made mistakes today, um and they just weren't able to play through them. Um so, City Arsenal—they're on fifty-one points each at the moment. Uh, after today, City are ahead on goal difference, uh, thanks to the ten extra goals that they have, courtesy of Mister Holland. Uh, but Arsenal do have a game in hand, so that's that's good for them. So they've they've played one less game than City. So if they can get those three points, then they will be technically back ahead uh, of the defending champions. Which uh, let's let's talk about that because that was a huge huge story while we were away. Um City now staring down uh, some pretty significant allegations and charges from the Premier League itself. Um, I don't know all of them. I know that they are kind of similar to what they faced with uh, UEFA a couple of years ago where UEFA basically said, hey, you know this sponsorship deal where you're basically paying yourself to inflate your revenue and sidestep financial fair play rules? Yeah, that's not good. You shouldn't be doing that. And then I think City were able to basically make it that, while technically that is not a good thing to do, it does not directly violate the laws, and therefore it, it is okay. But the charges from the Premier League are a little bit more serious because they're not just saying that they're artificially inflating their revenue to sidestep financial fair play, they're artificially altering their uh, expenditures. And that is a big deal, because that has much... uh, that much That runs much deeper, I think. It's one thing to pay yourself money to make it look like your revenue is higher. It's a totally other thing to, say, pay somebody under the table, like they're alleging they did with Roberto Mancini, so that your payroll isn't as high on paper, and therefore you can pay people more without actually having it reflect on your books. That's a pretty big, serious allegation. Um, what do we think is going to happen, though? I mean, this Adam. is Manchester City. This is the best team, arguably. This is, Well, no, they have been. They've been the best team in the league for the last few seasons. They're one of the more commercially profitable teams for the Premier League. Do we really think this is going to escalate into anything other than just a, a brief episode of how dare you?
2: You are the only one among us who's one of uh, who's many uh, who's one of many secondary clubs has experienced this in the past 20 years. If Rangers, the other tentpole of Scottish top-flight football besides Celtic, if they could be dissolved because of this, because this is what they did is they they paid players off the books so to uh, keep their wage bill low. If, well, I thought if, that if had a, Rangers well, thought the Rangers.
0: The Rangers deal, I thought, had a lot more to do with taxes, and therefore they had a, they owed a big tax bill. And because their revenues weren't enough, they couldn't cover, and therefore they had to be wound up because they were basically bankrupt. That was my understanding of the Rangers situation: is that they just dissolved because financially they were in such ruin that they couldn't. Obviously, city are not in financial problems. They've just done some things that are probably not you know, legal.
2: Maybe they don't dissolve Manchester city. Maybe they do what, you know, they do, they do to Juventus every other decade or so. They'll just drop to Syria B next season. So, uh, yeah make them, uh, we'll, make them we'll, play
0: in Italy. That's a worse. That's, that's a, that's a worse, uh, that's a worse punishment than dropping yeah. into league two.
2: You'll, you'll see, you'll see them play like Palermo next
1: season. <laughs> um,
2: What's what's concerning for the Manchester City ownership group is the fact that the Premier League charges do not have a time restriction on them. Uh, a, a key reason why they uh, received a fine from UEFA was because and, and, you know, these violence occurred outside of the uh, the time frame that you know UEFA mm-hmm. could prosecute in. So, that's what's most concerning, is these go back basically to the takeover in 2009. Right. Um, Now, I don't know if they're going to uh, strip titles, but if in the course of the investigation, uh, you know, in the course of the prosecution, uh, it comes to light that – The uh, you know the violations are very heinous. They might, which would then you know make for an interesting proposition. Do you uh, do you uh, award the, ch- the 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 title to the second place team of that season, or do you just vacate it?
0: All right, calm down. And it's, you're you're you're, no, you're just channeling Liverpool fans at this point, who have somehow no, no, I, found I, a way to make this happen.
2: Yeah, no, I'm just saying. i just that that, that is a possibility. I think dissolution is a possibility. I do think that there is a slight possibility that they may have to vacate some titles. Um, doesn't uh, if if city actually you know did not if if, if we went back in time isn't this an interesting butterfly effect if city did not violate you know financial fair play the first time um, does newcastle united in 2011 2012 do we make the champions league um, so does it's it's an interesting thought it's an interesting you know uh, you know, uh, thought game you could do down all the things that could have been altered if, say, you know, did not violate the rules, which uh, they're alleged they're, they're alleged to have violated. Did
0: financial fair play? Well, maybe not. The UEFA financial fair play existed back then. I don't know if they existed when Newcastle were about to go to the Champions League.
1: I would. I will say this. I mean, they're good playing. To... Oh, go ahead, Jordan.
2: I mean, they're claiming violations of, of of regulations going back to that time. That time,
0: Adam. Hmm. Here's why I don't I mean, like that thought why... experience. I don't know. It's it, this. I don't like. I don't like this. The same reason that I don't like going back to adjudicate fouls in the buildup of a goal is that you played the football. The results were what they were, and that's what that, that is what they were, and that's you know, then that's it. You can't go back and, and look at that. I realize that this is different because City have, have, you know, done some shady things here, or at least allegedly they have. But, I don't know, I just, I, I I start to roll my eyes when people are just like, well, what about this, and what about this, and what if they, you know, what if, you know, what if we negate all of this? And it's like, all right, well, what if the Premier League didn't exist in the first place, and we're still in the old Division One? I? I mean, I can just keep going back if you want. So, I don't know. I, that so, that kind of that your, stuff annoys me from the perspective cuz I know Liverpool fans have been all over that about yeah. oh, this means we've we've won these titles and things like that. It's like god, no, throw no, up, no. stop it.
1: But but to your to your question, I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? Like I think it's important to remember that like this isn't the allegations which were laid out last week are the result of years yeah. of behind the scenes and in court combat between city's attorneys which are formidable and the premier league and to jordan's point um the premier league doesn't have the time restrictions they can go back to however far back they need to go and um effectively and and and, and uh, ding you know city for for those violations and the other the other aspect of it is the other reason cities in such hot water is not just because of the things they are alleged to do um, overreporting avatar, or uh, overreporting um, uh, revenue, um, not reporting um, you know payments to yeah. um, Roberto Mancini. The other reason is because they've basically been stonewalling the Premier League. And so it's kind of one of those things we get when we have um, you know college football where programs get in trouble, you get in trouble for the initial thing, but when you try to kind of stonewall and prevent the investigation, then you get into much worse trouble. And so that's one of the reasons why I think that we could see some really serious um, repercussions for, uh, for city because, um, you know, premier league is pissed. This has been very expensive and they're kind of both all in at this point. I mean, it's possible that this is, it's possible that this reignites the super league in some way. And, you know, city in a few years, isn't playing in the premier
0: league. Yeah which is another side of this I think and and I I'm not I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying well we just we should just accept it and move on for the good of of everybody because that's obviously not right if city are in the wrong here then they should be punished and and, and that's the way it should happen but I'm glad you pointed that out Caleb because I think at the root of this is the long-term financial health of English football which you talked about before, especially when it comes to the lower leagues, is not in that great of a shape at the moment. Um, And it really has some to do with the pandemic, but mostly to do with just unsustainable business models. And the fact that, and, and I have only recently become a proponent of something like this, but the fact that nothing like a salary cap or any restrictions to keep these teams from, you know, trying to skirt around certain rules or, or spending big money and, and staying ahead of the rest of the world in terms of spending for years on end. Nothing like that exists. And so it's it's a lot more hands-off than, than U.S. sports leagues. And I just wonder if the the better solution is to have something like that, where we say, okay... City and all the other teams, this is what you need to abide by now so that we can have a much better control over this instead of, okay, here you go, guys, we trust you, and then having to go back and say, wait a minute, what the hell did you do here? And, and having this whole entire, uh, you know, years-long investigation only to find out that the best team in your league has been thumbing their nose at you and, and spending whatever the hell they want. Um, I agree. I mean, you have
1: to do something because if you allow these clubs A, the the gap between what some clubs are able to spend and what others are is enormous. So obviously that's that's very problematic. And then the other thing that's problematic is, you know, these clubs will spend themselves into insolvency. We're seeing that with Barcelona. I mean, they will spend themselves to the point where they are beyond bankrupt. Yeah, And and then you know, in in some clubs, um, not not Barcelona because they have resources, but other clubs have gotten to the point where they don't own their own pitch. They're not able to. I mean, clubs are going to fold, and and that has tremendous long term repercussions of the communities that support these teams. And so, I agree with you. Like the future of English football depends on the Premier League being able to say to clubs like. Um, you know, Manchester City, you can spend X amount of money and go no further. And yeah. maybe something more like a soft cap is yeah. the way to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. And maybe maybe I, I just use a salary cap just for, you know, general. Pre- I mean, maybe that's not it. Maybe it's some other the sort of mechanism that we can use. I don't know. I'm sure that has both good, both good and bad things. But I, I, I do think something like that is needed. And yes, I understand what you're about to say, Jordan. Go ahead.
2: Okay, so if we instituted a cap, um, then are we gonna do away with relegation and promotion?
0: No, because you, you can't do that. are going
2: to Are are you going to institute? then are you going to institute the same cap uh, at a certain percentage across all uh, you know divisions of professional football in England?
0: Well, yeah, you would have to. I mean, it, it would have to be something that so was then, universal. Then you then would, would have to do it. You would have uh-huh. to do it across. Across the field. I mean, this is not going to be clean. Like nothing like this is going to be, it's it's going to be messy and it's going to be annoying. And it's going to be honestly, it, to be completely honest, what has happened in Spain recently where they've changed the way that their the 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 money is going to clubs. And, and it's, I think that, I think that has caused Spanish football, the Liga in particular, to kind of stagnate and to have some issues. Um, it's sort of I mean, caused them to stagnate yes. and have some issues. I think the league, the Premier League is going to have to have something like that. And it is going to suck for a while. But that's just the way that it is. Because long term, that's, that's where you're going to have to go. I mean, and there are obviously mechanisms in place that need to be taken into account. Because if you do something in a way that, you know, it's done in American sports, it's not going to work. Because we have things over here like drafts and closed leagues and you know ex- uh, uh, mechanisms for expansion and team movement that they just don't have really over in the UK so it's you know it, it's not going to work the same but you do need something because this is not sustainable and it's not going to work over the long term and it's just it it's it's going to get worse frankly i mean it it, it just is and um. You need something that's going to allow a team like Newcastle to still spend money from new ownership and to still be able to you know, grow as a club from that new ownership. You need something that allows for that to happen, but also prevents a team like City from trying to skirt the rules because they're a little bit more strict than what you have and also saves a club like Portsmouth from getting bought out by a supposed rich owner only to find out he doesn't have the assets that he said he did and almost disappearing into oblivion, which is exactly what happened. They were very, very fortunate to still have their club. So uh, you need something in place that is better than the current system because right now it's sort of a live or die by fire and and it's not, it's, it's not going to work over the long term, especially as more and more money goes into the English game. So uh, I, I don't know what that is. But I do think that's that's at the heart of, of this this whole issue with city.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that um, I think that if there is going to be success in a, you know long term success um, with the Premier League and with other leagues, um, you know, and I said you know with like Fulham for instance, you know, obviously they bounce back and forth. It's just it's a tough place to you know it's tough to be in. Um, it's tough to be in the the championship. It's tough to move up, you know, between leagues, and there's you have to expend a tremendous amount of money, and that just creates a lot of. A, it opens up the need for filthy rich owners, which is obviously often problematic, and then it also um, incentivizes you to lie about stuff. And so, yep. having a system like I will say this about, and I'm not saying like the Premier League needs to adopt American sports techniques, and not like there's any issues in American sports, but we don't ha- you don't have these kinds of issues in profession yeah. in Major League Baseball or in the NBA. You have other issues, but you don't have stuff when it comes to spending money. Um, you know, we just don't have those issues. Um, yeah. Maybe teams don't spend enough money, like the Oakland A's, but you don't have you don't have like New York Yankees pretending like they get more advertising revenues so that they can, you know, uh, uh, so that they can spend more money on free agents. Like you just don't have that happen. And, and for Sign the Aaron Jones to a
0: long contract.
1: Right. <laughs> and so for the Premier League to, you know, which is an incredibly successful, you could argue the most successful sports league in terms of worldwide fandom, to not have something more consistent in place there, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, it, and it's, it's, it's got to be a unique system because this is a unique league, but you need something. Otherwise, it's just going to disappear.
2: I, I don't know what you can do. I think what would have to happen is probably get the vacate vacate titles. That would I mean that would be the that'd be one thing you could do to, you know, stop a team from doing this is just rem- strike it from the history like it never happened.
0: Yeah, I mean I they could definitely do that. I still I don't know. I, I still think you also need it would be need it to make sure and would, have something in it, place.
2: It would be it would be very deep. It would be like Texas A club you know, that football national championship before World War II. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, that I, I think that that would be a reasonable solution without you know fundamentally changing the financial structure of you know the premier the premier level. I think the, you know the the, the system the, The uh, the issues play, plaguing top flight English football, you know, outrage out, outrageous transfer fees, you know, teams, you know, teams seemingly to spend beyond what their revenue is, i.e., Chelsea. Now, how how they got around that is the fact that you know, uh, Tom Bowley annuitinized these contracts for like eight years, so. Obviously, spreading that that you know that yeah. transfer free across the entirety of the contract. Now, however, I think if that if for some reason that player does get moved on, that transfer free does get loaded back into that season's financial books.
0: Interesting. Um, so they're sort of tied to this.
2: Well, because I. Yeah, I, yeah, I really believe. I really believe that's how it has to work because there would be. Sh- yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, because I, I mean, I don't believe there's a financial structure in place like having like dead cap, like the NFL. So I think it would have to make sense that if if like if, if for some reason you annuitize like this this players annuitized transfer free. Um, if you move him on in four years, last four years of that uh, of that uh, the, the you know that last half of that transfer free gets pushed in five years. Uh, um, busting,
0: busting out some big words for this this podcast. Yeah, I got
2: my thesaurus. <laughs> Um
0: I will say it was um, a lot. It was a lot of fun this weekend this, this, um, when West Ham played Chelsea, and I saw the the Chelsea lineup, and I was like, "This is a brand new team. Who are these guys? <laughs> what happened to uh, what happened to the rest of them? This is." Are we sure this is Chelsea Football Club um,
2: uh,
1: uh,
2: I was gonna say uh, this, this is a serious issue um, we're definitely gonna discuss this more maybe as the uh, proceedings you know happen in the summer maybe we dedicate a you know of a... to Manchester city League. so we need, uh,
0: to, we need to get a lawyer friend. Uh, Yeah.
2: uh, Did you see Jordan Pickford's goal? Did y'all did y'all see him on that that Mohamed Salah goal?
0: I did not watch the the Liverpool match on Monday. I didn't catch any of it. Although I did see there was. All I, all I saw was there was a really good counter-attacking goal where it was basically looked like at one point Liverpool were about to concede, and then suddenly Darwin Nunes just took off down to the left and put it in the middle, and Sala did solid things and, and scored. That's, that's the only part of that game that I saw.
2: So that was the first goal. Uh, ironically enough, um, Everton and Liverpool kept it tight like a, uh, like a typical Merseyside derby throughout the first 39 minutes. Uh, that sequence you're talking about, uh, Everton was up for a corner. Uh, Tartakovsky puts it off the crossbar. Yeah, they intercepted. Yes, yeah. off the crossbar. Uh, Darwin Nunez uh, just honestly, I think you know we talk about Darwin Nunez being a bust <laughs> or uh, no, I, I I wouldn't say a bust, a flop. Yeah, no, he hasn't. He hasn't been up to the expectations that were placed on him. Before. You know, from that uh, you know, but in that display right there, you know, just literally sprinting the entirety of the pitch and then putting that uh, ball to the solid. He's probably one of the, him and Erling Holland are probably the most strikers in the Premier League. Yeah,
0: that's
2: a But um, what made... What made that goal for me, though, uh, was the fact that Jordan Pickford was, was taking a nap uh, uh, outside of the six-yard box, and uh, he, when he looked up, he saw there was two Liverpool players. Mohamed Salah was in the middle running towards him. So when that ball came in, he actually took like three steps to the left because he. I, I don't know if he you know, missed the flight of the ball, but – he completely took out of the play, and you know me. When Jordan Pifford screws up, I'm, all, I'm there. I'm all I'm all for it, and it was hilarious.
0: Now that we're talking about Everton, let's talk about the other half of the table and the fact that Leeds have decided to dispense oh, yeah. of, of uh, Jesse Marsh.
2: Uh, yeah. No, why this late in the season? Especially given the fact that other. Really, the only other managerial candidate that would have been like you know considered as recently you know recently signed with Everton. So why would you pull this trigger now? Well, and I I
0: I don't think the Leeds fans ever liked Jesse Marsh. I don't think they ever were convinced that this was the guy that was going to help them out. I know that he he did a great thing in keeping them alive last season, but I just don't think that he He was never a Leeds guy, and that's not entirely his fault um uh, I don't know if that's any of his fault. this is just what the yorkshire people do they They have their people and they 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 have their ways and they they usually stick to them but I mean being a point out of the relegation zone um probably doesn't really help Another thing that doesn't help is the fact that they haven't won a game since at least in the league since uh, let's see before the Premier League or before the World Cup break, I think is when it was, um, I mean, they've had a couple of good draws here and there, but their only wins since the break have come in the FA Cup. They beat Cardiff and they beat Accrington Stanley. Uh, who were they exactly? No. Um, yeah, I think the last, the last Premier League win that they have was on November the 5th against Bournemouth and that was a 4-3 win. So I'm thinking that's not helping. Um, a pretty hefty winless run, especially against teams that you probably should be wanting to beat. I mean, Aston Villa is probably on that list. Brentford's on that list. Nottingham Forest, definitely on that list. Um, lost to Manchester United this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see where they would let Jesse Marsh go. Um, But apparently, Caleb, he, he might be popping up somewhere else, I heard. Another a fellow Premier League struggler.
1: Yeah, uh, there's been talk of him going to Southampton, although apparently um, as of this afternoon or evening, those talks seem to have broken down a bit. Um, um, I, I think that Saints wanted to sign him to a deal for maybe the rest of the season with an opportunity to extend uh, maybe a year, you know, or maybe a year with yeah. opportunity to extend. And he wants um, <laughs> he, he, he wants a little more security than that, which to me, you know, I think makes sense. I, I don't think Southampton makes sense for either party. I don't understand. If, if I'm just in March and I was just managing a, 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 a team in the in the Premier League that, um, you know, is, is probably going to be relegated or is facing really a relegation struggle, I don't know why you would go maybe down the table to manage teams. <laughs> um, because I think Southampton for sure is going to go to the championship. And so I guess you've yeah. got to, you know, you're committed to doing that. And then if I'm Southampton, I don't know why I would hire a guy who um was clearly not doing not getting the job done at leeds I, I don't know how he walks into that back room and goes i'm here guys and everybody's like oh yay hey like, it's I mean, jesse yeah yeah like i just pass around the know, buds excites anyone so yeah i think um i think that uh, talks have broken down and and it doesn't mean that they won't uh it won't eventually happen, but I think that's probably the best for both sides if they move in different directions.
0: Um, Yeah, so Leeds looking for a manager, Southampton looking for a manager after they uh, got rid of Nathan Jones, but I'm not really sure why they appointed him in the first place. Um, So yeah, Saints not looking good, not looking great for Leeds, not looking great for Everton uh, defeat uh, for them. Against Liverpool on Monday, but uh, they have a much more winnable game coming up this weekend. They take on Leeds at Goodison Park. That one's obviously going to be a very, very uh, big matchup. Um, You know, it's been a while, guys. Uh, Let's um, let's let's take a step back. Let's talk about our teams for a little bit, and then we can move into some some results and some some Premier League weekend results. We'll do some top shelf picks for the first time in a while. Uh, but, uh, Jordan, let's just start with this past weekend. Um, a bit of a frustrating result for Newcastle down on the South Coast. Eddie Howe returning home, uh, to, uh, the South Coast where he was born and where he first spread his managerial wings. And it ends 1-1 against Bournemouth. Um, th- what, uh... What what do you make of of this results and how are you feeling right now about uh, Newcastle and their chances at the at the top end of the table?
2: I'm concerned, uh, honestly. Uh, coming off the the West Ham game and then you know now Bournemouth, it, it, it kind of seems like Newcastle after you know after making the Carabao Cup final and uh, and losing. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes for three, uh, three domestic matches um, have kind of lost their uh, intelligence. Um, it almost looks like in this 4-3-3 um, that they, they, they're lacking a bit of creativity, uh, specifically from the midfield. And I honestly thought um, Newcastle played a little bit better it looked like in the second half when we brought on Anthony Gordon and kind of dropped into a four, two, three, one. Because I like Sean Longstaff. um, I like Joe Ellington, but I just, I I feel like if they're going to, um, you know, you know, work in the midfield the best, I I feel like they need to sit back and be a little bit more defensive uh, and, you know, allow uh you know trippier you know to get further up the pitch and you know s- you know stay up there and you know cycle possession around um again i'm happy you know we're still in, we're still in fourth um we still have a game in hand plus a game against manchester united left so that gap can be made up tottenham still seems to be you know crapping themselves um I still think we're gonna qualify for champions League if we're if we're gonna do that and we're gonna be in fourth place I would much rather have a you know a care about cup trophy at the end of the season along with that and it just kind of seems like this team is they're, they're just not laser focused and maybe there's maybe they're still that you know they got that that last weekend of february in their mind which i i i hope i really hope we win i would love to win a cup but i do have some concerns
0: yeah it's just i don't know if if you use the word stagnation but it just kind of it feels that way. It feels like they rode this big wave of momentum and that that even continued after the World Cup break and they were looking great. And now it just seems like it's kind of stopped a little bit and everybody's sort of waiting on what this is going to mean when really you gotta you got to make it what it means. That's what the players need to understand. Um, Miggy scored again, though, which was nice, so it's good to see him back on the score sheet um, and, and still, doing, still doing well. And in fairness to you, you did... You did come up against West Ham at a time when we're we're doing a very, a very nice heel turn uh, off the back of of uh, the the sudden resurgence of the Moisaya. Um So yeah, no, I I mean, obviously West Ham have kind of stopped their slide. Uh, we're still still a little bit too far down the table uh, for my liking, um, but a good result against Newcastle. I'll take that any day, a point. From, uh, from from St. James's Park. I really kind of thought we probably should have tried to get more from the Chelsea game. We were at home. I feel like there were times we could have won. It's just the brand of football that Moyes is playing this season I just don't like. It's too defensive. It's too – it's just too – it's too cautious. And I feel like the squad that we have, we deserve, to, we deserve to a bit more – we deserve a, a longer leash. The players deserve to kind of throw some caution into the wind um oh, it's kind of hard to do that when half of your side is out with injury um 1-1 draw against Chelsea this weekend again yeah I take it it's not too bad would have been nice to have turned that into a win um because now we have to go to Tottenham this weekend and they're in need of points too for a very similar reason that Newcastle are in need of points so not uh an unwinnable game obviously because as jordan said spurs are are doing very very well at crapping the bed a 4-1 loss uh against leicester city this past weekend um and then they lost against ac milan yesterday in the uh, in the champions league um uh, in the first leg so they're not doing too hot right now but um uh, still we we need points and i don't know if we have enough games to where i where i could comfortably say we're gonna get those points because we still have to play Manchester United. We still have to play City. We have to play. We have to play Manchester United twice. Uh, we have to play teams in down in the relegation zone, like Leeds. We have to play Brighton. We yeah, it's, it's it's just uh, we have to play Liverpool. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's not going to be a, 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 a very good run in. And then we've still got Europe. We've still got whoever we play in the whatever it's called Europa Europa. Second tier, your, your, the, your, the Europa Conference League. So, um, so yeah. So, it, it's we've s- sort of we've we've stopped the slide, but we're still looking down, and so it's, it's still not a very comfortable feeling. However, that uh, that pales in comparison to what Fulham are doing this season, which is looking really, really, really nice. Caleb, a two nil win. This past weekend against Nottingham Forest, I think is what it is yep. was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. William, William, which, which man, nice. he's, yeah, yeah.
1: He still got it. Yeah,
0: um, he's he still got it. Those those days with the Black Eyed Peas have, have done him some. Uh, it's done him some good. He's, he's still got terrible. that good form. That's terrible. Sorry. Uh, I had to go for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, what's funny is um, if any Fulham fans like I knew William would do this before the season started, they're a fucking liar because all. <laughs> You know, what? I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, you know, we're like, well, maybe we can get something out of him, and then, um, you know, of course, uh, he's been he's been really fantastic. Um, uh, and then uh, Manor Solomon scored uh, his fourth, yeah. first full of the season, so it's really nice to see him back um, playing and playing regularly. So, yeah, Fulham seems to be kind of full strength for the most part. Only worrying thing is he hasn't scored in a while, but you know, he's he's always bound to score. Um, but we're pretty, we're pretty fully healthy. Um, uh, when it, when Solomon's back, he's playing, although he's not, he, and he started a cup tie for us. Um, uh, Sastamutkic is on the team. Um, Cedric's on the team. Harry Wilson is healthy. Um, so yeah, just feeling Tim Ream's playing the best soccer of his life. Jal is playing fantastic soccer. William's playing great soccer. Um, Kenny Tete, um, has just been shutting people down um which is always fantastic to see so yeah it's been a really um it's been a really good uh really good season so far for full and really good stretch um next game saturday we play brighton which is obviously the team right above us we're tied on in uh points so they have a couple games in hand so that'll be a really challenging Tie for us, and then um, you know, uh, an interesting run for us, Wolves, and then Leeds in the FA Cup, and then um, uh, hopefully another win over Brentford um, in March. So, yeah, it's a good time to be a Fulham fan, feeling good. We had a little bit of a, a run there where we struggled, but any, any year you can take four points away from uh, – you can get four points out of Chelsea is a good year, so we're pretty excited about that.
0: Uh. All right, let's, let's have a look at what happened this past weekend, and then we'll get into this weekend and some of our picks for uh, the next round of Top Shelf Picks. So in case you missed it, West Ham and Chelsea finished 1-1. Palace and Brighton also finishing 1-1. Leicester 4, Spurs 1. That was a lot of fun to watch. Southampton 1, uh, Wolves 2. Actually, it wasn't because I really need Spurs to take some points off of teams like Leicester and they, they let me down. they they just letting everybody down at the moment. Arsenal won, Brentford won. Uh, Fulham beat Forest 2-0. Bournemouth and Newcastle, that was the late game on Saturday. That finished 1-1. Manchester United uh, played Leeds twice in one week, took four points off of them. They won 2-0 at Ellen Road. That one felt like a good old-fashioned classic English football match. The The atmosphere was great. It was wonderful, and then Manchester United uh, scored because Marcus Rashford is just on fire at the moment. Uh, later on Sunday, City beat Villa 3-1, to and then, of course, on Monday, Liverpool beat Everton 2-0 in the Merseyside Derby. So that leaves the table looking like this. We already mentioned it. Manchester City are at the top at the moment on 51 points, but just behind them, still on on uh, also on 51 points uh, with a game in hand, are Arsenal in second, United are in third, Newcastle are in fourth. They are five points back from City. Jordan, however, they do have a game in hand, as you pointed out. So, not over yet. Tottenham are in fifth on 39 points. Brighton sit in sixth. Uh, Fulham are even on points with them, so I was going to say a point behind. No, they're in seventh. Brentford, Liverpool, and Chelsea round out the top of the table. Aston Villa sit in 11th. Palace, Leicester, Forest, and Wolves are... Pretty comfortably outside of the relegation zone. Um, Not necessarily completely out of it, but um, West Ham, much too close for comfort on 20 points. Leeds in 17th on 19 points, and then your bottom three are Everton on 18 points. Bournemouth on 18 points, and then Southampton at the very bottom on 15 points. So let's check out this weekend. It starts on Saturday morning at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, bright and early Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal, sorry, Villa, you're the first one to face the Angry Men. Um, Arsenal smarting from that defeat uh, that they suffered to City today, so they'll be at Villa Park, and that's going to be on USA Network. Uh, Wolves versus Bournemouth at uh, 10 a.m., a couple of 10 a.m. games here for you. Uh, Brentford versus Palace, Everton versus Leeds is on USA Network, Forest versus Manchester City. Brighton against Fulham, and then Chelsea host Southampton at Stamford Bridge. Uh, It's another late Saturday kickoff for Newcastle, but you're at home this time, Jordan, and you get uh, Liverpool, so that'll be a fun one. uh, That's at 12.30 Eastern time. That's on NBC and Peacock. On Sunday, we start out with Manchester United versus Leicester City from Old Trafford. That's at 9 a.m., and then 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, Tottenham versus West Ham. Uh, That one will also be on... USA network. Um, I do apologize guys we have to do this li- live. I did not do the top shelf picks today um, one second. I can't find this. there we go. So um, let's do this by committee. What games do we want to pick this weekend? <laughs> I think I so first of all let me I think Liverpool versus or Newcastle versus Liverpool should be one of them because I'm really interested in that in that one. So that that would be my pick. Anybody else want to want to chime in?
1: Um, let's see. Okay, now. Uh, well, this is selfish. Fulham Brighton are your six and seven in the league. That actually, that
0: actually is would be a good one. I also like that one. I, I like it. We'll do Liverpool. We'll do uh, Fulham versus versus
1: Brighton. Uh, Wait, frankly, uh, yeah. Newcastle Liverpool's interesting too, but let me yeah. see what's on. You see, what was the what was the first game? Uh, you
2: I, I got I, so,
0: the last one. So Newcastle. So we got Newcastle, Liverpool, Brighton versus Fulham, Jordan,
1: Everton versus Leeds. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Like that too. I was thinking about that too.
2: Es- especially coming off um, the, the the second match between you know Manchester United and Leeds in what like five days, uh, yeah. with the introduction of Weston and McKinney. Oh, Boy, yeah. Weston McKinney sure does love a a, a strong tackle.
0: he yeah, doesn't he? I think he's already well, has not he, He's already picked up a couple of yellow cards. I think, and he's only played two games for Leeds. So yeah, he's going to be fun. Him that that is one thing I'm interested in is that midfield pairing of of McKinney and Adams in in a Premier League team. Like that's going to be interesting. You
2: know, okay, the, so. I, I hate to bring it back around. So, sorry. No, go I was ahead. I'm just going to say.
0: I gotta you know, we set this
2: up anyways. West, Weston McKinney. How it's funny that you know leaves let Jesse Marsh go, but they also let Jesse Marsh sign Weston McKinney like a week and a half before he <laughs> uh, was sacked. So You're not wrong,
0: You're not wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so weird.
0: It's like, hey boss. Okay, bye boss. Uh, so apologies, I can't really catch people up on on it. I haven't done the math yet but uh, we still have an FA Cup fourth round to throw in uh, to this whole mess. Um, but uh, so here, so the games that we got this weekend, Newcastle versus Liverpool, Brighton versus Fulham, and Everton versus Leeds, we'll predict them in that order. Caleb, you are first up for the top shelf picks this week this weekend, and asterisk officially, uh, even though I haven't taken into account the FA Cup fourth round yet, you are still top of the table. So, uh Give us your picks: Newcastle versus Fulham, Brighton versus Ful, or well, Newcastle versus Liverpool, Brighton versus Fulham, and Everton versus Leeds.
1: Uh, so you know, Liverpool not great form uh, for them, although they did win last week, and obviously they've got to go up to the tune. So, mm. give me Newcastle in that match. Let's say two one. Okay. Um. Uh, Brighton Fulham is really interesting. Um. Like Brighton's favorite in this match. They've got a much better um, uh, a goal difference than we do, and like I said, they got a couple games on us. But man, Fulham is playing so well, and we're 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 full strength. Um, you know, it's not at home, so I would say give me a two-two draw there. I think would be. I think we would be happy with that. Okay. Um, and then Everton leads. It's interesting. Um, I, is, who gets the, who gets the new manager uh, bump <laughs> in this matchup? Is is Sean so, Dyche still?
0: Leeds haven't they named have. one, so
1: That's true. That's true, they haven't. <laughs> uh, they can um, name one
0: in the next few days and I think that would work out for them, but yeah, Sean Dyesh the the Sean Dyes effect might still be in effect in in, uh, in effect, and they are at Goodison Park.
1: They yeah, are, that is true. Um yeah, and, and I think, you know, I don't know. They're both they're both pretty terrible. Um <laughs> I'm gonna say that's a nil-nil draw. I think that's just a brutal nil-nil <laughs> draw game. I think that's what we're gonna have to deal with there.
0: All right. Uh Jordan, Newcastle versus Liverpool, Brighton versus Fulham, and Everton versus Leeds. Give me your picks, please.
2: Um, it is uh one nil to the tune. <laughs> okay. Um yep. Brighton versus Fulham. <sighs> I'm gonna say two-one Fulham. Okay. I I I think Fulham has found a nice run of form here. Um, and then Leeds Everton. Because I am a real American. <laughs> I'm going with the, the uh, I'm going with uh, the United Leeds of America. <laughs> one nil.
0: Um. Picking so Newcastle,
1: both, uh, Leeds United, and uh, Fulham—that's uh, that's about as American as you can get when it yeah. comes to English football.
0: It's the two new American states, Fulham and uh, and Leeds. Um, I'm going to go. I, I think Newcastle versus Liverpool is going to be a must-watch. I think this is going to be a knockdown drag-out. I think uh, Newcastle are going to try and and kind of in in the. In the fairest terms that I can put this, Jordan, I think Newcastle are just going to kick the shit out of Liverpool. I think they're really going to try and, and just show them what Northern football is all about. But I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be actually. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this. I think it's going to be three two to Newcastle. Um, I think they just, they'll they'll just about <clears throat> they'll they'll edge it. It'll be a fun one. Uh, so three two to the tune. Brighton versus Fulham. Um, yeah, I. I like that pick of 2-2. Two, two. I think it's a good one. I think Fulham are going to be up for it. I think Brighton... I don't know if there's a better team in the league right now than Brighton at the passes that just go straight into that channel in front of goal. I mean, they they are so direct. It's They're so fun to watch. I think it's going to be another good game, 2-2 two, two, uh, between Brighton and Fulham. And I like Leeds. Uh, I think the pressure's going to get to Everton. I don't think Sean Dice is going to like... Uh, um, what he has to face at his new home. Um, I think it's it's just, I don't think this Everton team are equipped to deal with the type of pressure that Leeds are going to put them under. I think there's going to be mistake after mistake. Um, looking at you, Mr. James Tarkovsky, I think it's going to be two nil to Leeds at Goodison Park. Um, and then hopefully West Ham can get the job done against, uh, against Tottenham and take advantage of that defeat to Everton. So, yeah, there's my picks. Um all right. We're back. Back after a uh, a, a prolonged winter break. Again, I, I apologize for that. That was not planned. But as you can hear, I am I am well, I am up, and uh and I'm I'm excited to get back into the football. Uh anybody watch the Super Bowl? What? I asked that like like we're not American men. Of course we watch the Super Bowl. Yeah.
2: I th- uh, it, was, it was good. Uh, good game. It was good. Right, thank God. To what? No, the right team won. Thank God, and I don't care how the game. I don't care how the game ended. As long as the Philadelphia Eagles experienced nothing but sadness and disappointment, <laughs> that's <laughs> all I care about. Yeah, I have a lot of hate in my heart when it comes. To, I have a lot of hate in my heart when it comes to various teams across multiple sports. The really, Eagles? Couldn't me. tell.
0: Yeah, like, it um, it was it was I don't know. I I have my reasons for not entirely liking the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they've sort of turned into a bandwagon team up here in Oklahoma. Um whereas the 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 the, the bandwagon team in Oklahoma used to be the Cowboys. Now it is very much the Chiefs. Um but uh no, I th- I thought it was good. I I didn't like the ending. You know, I I just I don't know, it just kind of felt it kind of felt cheap, but I mean, them's the rules, you know, it's kind of like when you take the ball into the corner and sort of run out the clock when you're ahead in in you know, in in Premier League football. I mean, you just that's just kind of the way that's that's the way the game is played and then when you get to that point of the game, you do what it takes to win. So I am impressed that the Chiefs player decided to slide and not score the touchdown instead of scoring a touchdown to the Super Bowl and, and being selfish. I do think there's some there's some redeeming qualities in that story, but it did it did feel kind of weird that they were able to just kind of run the clock out and then get the field goal and that's it. All
2: right, uh, so we obviously watched the Super Bowl. I have one thing from the commercials. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if y'all thought this, but I was sure thinking this. Um so if my dog eats Farmer's Dog food, <laughs> it's going to live forever, right?
0: That's what I got from that commercial.
2: Because <laughs> that dog, she it was like, a, she was like 4 or 5 when she got do- when she got that dog and that dog lived to see her not only birth a child but probably like in, but not be a young mother either she was in easily in her mid to late 20s so I'll put it out there farmer's dog food makes your
1: dog immortal
2: apparently
0: if that is if true I'm going to immediately commercial go get for it for
1: dating farmers so farmers had a big win farmers one of the <laughs> Far- winners in big. uh
0: <laughs> Super Bowl commercials a big win for farmers. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what's what's the website? And then, farmers is it date far, farm, farmers date? Farmers only? Is it I didn't think it was farmers only, but I that could be it. Yeah, I know that thanks. that's a site.
1: That's the website. The, the show that you're promoting is Farmer Wants a Wife.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yes. That's right. This is fantastic.
2: <laughs> um and then I, you know, I got one more thing from the commercials. Um, I I, I kind of feel like Jesus took an L. Um, <laughs> yeah. When yeah. you know you have. To, yeah. When, what's when you have to when you have to pro- when you have to promote yourself on the Super Bowl. I, I kind of feel like you sunk you sunk a su- sunk a level of celebrity. You know. See, I see those ads all the time, I, I, so it wasn't. It was kind of I, weird to me. Never, I, didn't, I
0: don't know. It did. It didn't shock me. I think as as so much as it shocked imagined,
2: other people. I, I would have never imagined that, like you know, doing a Super Bowl ad, and also that also comes off kind of hypocritical too, because you've just spent multiple millions of dollars. For uh, two spots in this in uh, in the most expensive ad line of the Mary, the the American television year, and that could have been used to you know promote Jesus in other ways, like taking care of the homeless, you know, providing children, you know, providing food to struggling you know struggling children and their families, you know, doing community work, which I think Jesus was all about was community, right? Are, are, yeah, am, or am I? I, I wrong? will.
0: I I mean. I get that criticism, but you could literally say that about every single company that spends money to advertise during the Super Bowl. So, uh, so yeah, Super Bowl was fun. Uh, football last weekend was fun. I predicted an even funner weekend coming up. Um, starts at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. Sorry we were gone for so long. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Um uh, through all those those missed shows because uh, it was not fun over here at the Trucks of Household. But everybody's better. Everybody's doing good. And uh, looking forward to another fun weekend. So Jordan, if you will, please.
2: Let's go eat some pies, guys.
0: Let's go eat some pies. Let's hope Jordan's Internet is back next week. We will be back next week. Um, take care.